Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you so much for deciding to make us a part of your day. We have a very exciting show lined up here for you. We are talking Mike. We are talking Where in the World is Tim? And some more exciting things coming up next on another exciting episode of the Snap Crackle Podcast. Welcome back from a two-week hiatus. Well, two weeks, two weeks from the show. Really, it's been one week. I saw you last week. You just... I was late. You were late. Yeah, I was late. But really what had happened was um, <laughs> I I didn't start. It's not like I'm a super stickler, by the way. I don't want people at home to think you weren't here and the bus just took off without <laughs> you. A week prior to that, after the Captain Marvel review, yep, yep. you had told me you were very I, I out was, of it. You were very out of it. You were very tired. You were very exhausted. And you said, look, Ben, I don't know if I can make it next week. And I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. No, I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll see you when I see you. I'm it. never too tired to be back a week later. But I wasn't sure about my schedule because I was supposed to go do yoga at the park with my sister and mom. And then I was going to go to bike week with my father over in Daytona. And so I didn't know what time I'd be back from that. So yeah, it was a solid maybe. Solid maybe. Now, and then weather turned crappy, so I didn't go do yoga. I'm just really impressed of the gender stereotypes that are being enforced in your family circle. <laughs> you know, why couldn't your mom and sister go to bike week? Why couldn't you, your dad, do yoga at the park? I'm, I'm a stickler for gender stereotypes. That's why, Ben. All right. I well, there we go. I into those boxes. There we go. Father, you are not there allowed to yoga. But I want people to know your father is a very nimble man. <laughs> I think he could do it. All right. It's not about, you know, it's not about the physical challenge. I think you can definitely do it. So you've been gone from the show for two weeks, but you were here last week, and then you just kind of stuck around. (laughs) You were so tired. You essentially just vegged out on my couch for a few hours. Watch you play Sea of Thieves. I don't want to have to go right back, so I'm just going to lay here motionless. Definitely fell asleep for a a hot second. Yeah, that's fine, though. Yeah, But you know what? I'm very jealous of that because you're someone who can fall asleep anywhere. Absolutely anywhere. It amazes me. It amazes me. I mean, of course, when you get older, I think it's going to scare people. But like for now, it's just a cute little like, oh, well, that's Mike. He gets Somebody sleepy. poke him. He gets sleepy on the way home from CC. He's like, it's a 10 minute drive. Holy <laughs> crap. Like out, out, you know. I'm OK with that, man. Yeah. I'm OK with it, too. I there's guess. there's probably going to be a time. It'll be like 915 or something. Everybody's like, oh, 915. Look over. Mike is asleep at that exact moment every single day. I guarantee it. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. That'd be wonderful. No matter where I am, no matter what's going on. Just always 9.15. 9.15. Well, speaking of things that have been going on, so what's been going on with you? Well, so Bike Week was kind of cool. I went to a couple uh, neat spots. I was really going for the swap meet. I wanted to get some really cheap handlebars for my bike that fit some beach bars. And Bike Week's in Daytona. Bike Week's in Daytona. And it's see, one of the biggest bike rallies in the country. Here's my problem. Yep. See, I'd heard all these things about Daytona. Right, and how you're supposed to be excited when there's wrecks. So I went to Bike Week, cheering people on for the accidents. <laughs> Turns out that's actually the Daytona 500 yeah. for you newbies out there. Not so just don't, Daytona in general. Don't just go there rooting for people to have accidents. It's a very bad thing. But continue, continue. Well, it's fun because like Bike Week, everybody thinks of bikers as like, oh, we're bikers. Speaking of stereotypes, you know, bikers have this thing. But most bikers nowadays are not like those one percenters who are running drugs across borders and trying to get away from the law. They're actually a bunch of conservative old dudes who spent lots of money on a bike that matches their shoes or something ridiculous like that. They're walking around with like their little puppies in their in their purses and it's 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 a really changing kind of experience to go there and be like, "Oh, I'm kind of more badass than a lot of you dudes because you're just like weekend riders. You're just here spending your money and doing the whole consumerism kind of thing i bet half of you couldn't fix your motorcycle if you broke down on the side of the road kind of people gotcha which you know pros and cons to both sides of that i guess i'm glad that lots of people don't fit that stereotype but so they're not so they're not a part of the one percent but you are now no oh no 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 no, very elitist i very sound very you know very gatekeeper i would never claim to be a one percenter those dudes are like legit badasses who are like hardcore 
like serious. My father got invited into like uh, not to be a member of, but go to the Warlock compound once. And he said, you know, once walking in the doors, there were three dudes following them around everywhere they went, even with the person who brought them with them. Like Oof. it's legit stuff. Like these dudes are bad dudes and I would never claim to be a one percenter because like they're hardcore. They live it for real every day. The biker, but the biker lifestyle, that, you know, that's, that's like not something, something you can choose. That's something that chooses you. It's left over. It's left over from a long time ago, from back in like the 50s when everybody was like, oh, bikers are so rebellious. They're so scary, whatever. Like, you know, Hell's Angels. Well, kind of but stuff came back out in the 50s, movies, a biker like, gang could pull up to a small town and take it over. I mean, you know, let's it's face true. it. Yeah. So, so you were at Bike Week. What yeah, else so happened? Yeah, Bike Week. That was cool. Um, What else did happen while I was gone? So, uh, you I, didn't get invited to any biker gangs? No, 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 I did not. Calvin Klein doesn't have a biker gang yet. <laughs> not yet. No, okay. All right, we're working <laughs> on it. We'll get you there one day. <laughs> my underwear doesn't have my name sewn in it. I feel like you'd burn your legs on something <laughs> if you're just riding around in your underwear. That'd be my fear. The exhaust is just like, no. Yeah. I think I'd burn something. <laughs> a little too close for my Calvin's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I did something else last week. The yoga in the park. Yeah, we know. You I previewed that. I wanted so. to. Oh, that's right. I you didn't to. do that, the yoga, so and that's was why raining. you were able to... Right. So I went oh, to Bike right. Week in the rain. That's right. We were kind of cruising around um, in, in poor weather. But, you know, my, my life has been a lot of work at a job that I'm just not enjoying anymore. I never wanted to be a dance studio manager, um, especially owner. I'm not an owner now, but I am just a manager. kind of sucks just to be a manager in general. So that wasn't your dream so many moons ago when you no. started dancing and working on choreography. No, and that's why thought, I'm not a ballroom dancer wow. anymore because that's what it all leads to is either being a studio owner or a traveling judge or coach or lifelong teacher. And I don't want any of those things. I want to produce. See, the problem is... I want to make art. Yeah, the problem is you, you're holding on to the dream. You have to let go of the dream. I know. You're right. Bro, there's like you this should, side of me be. that really wants like a nine to five, mostly so I can just get out of debt. <laughs> Serious? If I could like map out how much money I make every single month and like know ahead of time how long it's going to take me to pay off all of my freaking loans, it would be great. I still have student loans. We're almost 35 with student loans. What is wrong with the world? Also, though, I heard that the federal uh, government is going to start forgiving some of these things. And a friend of mine says that she already got hers forgiven. All right. And well, she's going to send me a website think, that's yeah. going to get mine forgiven too. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Let's, let's. Then I would just be on tax debt. Let's. <laughs> Let's hold the phone on that. I don't think you should be giving these websites any of your personal information. Listen, if it worked for my immediate friend, I'm all about trying it, man. That's 10K that I do not have to pay back. That'd be Maybe. wonderful. And what did you get with your 10 years at college, Mike? Can you tell everybody? I got a degree in humanities with a film emphasis. <laughs> so it's not so much the how to make you, films, but it's more the why we make films. Because why, as a why? society, we have decided that we have reasons for all of our art, and so it reflects a lot of the society's Well, uh, when, when, when Luke Skywalker was looking across the dunes on Tatooine, uh, he wasn't just, you know, looking ahead at his future. We see two suns circulating the planet as the the London Philharmonic Orchestra being conducted by the uh, great John Williams <laughs> score comes in. We see him looking at two possible futures, one in which he follows in the footsteps of his father and one in which he turns against him and becomes a good Jedi. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm, yeah. mm, very, very interesting. Very compelling argument. See, I would mm. argue that the two sons are actually symbolic of uh, the left and the right aorta. Um... <laughs> And you're going to want to look more into the sexual nature of those things. Mm. Well, the, the obscenity of Jadar Binks's ears alone makes me feel so, so silly when I watch the prequels. <laughs> Make me feel like I'm a young boy again, running <laughs> through the jungles, playing with the banana leaf. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. But it's yeah. stuff like that. I mean, what, what's So that's what my degree is good for. Please I get to tell me. talk about films in a super snotty kind of way. It also made me pretty good at Scrabble. <sighs> Well, lots of word spellings, it, lots of point, writing. At this point, then, it doesn't matter how much debt you're in. If it's helped you with your Scrabble game, exactly. I think it was pretty much worth it. Unfortunately, words for friends is not as easy. Oh, no. Words with friends. What was that It's game? that whole, it's the friends part it's that always got me. Part. I was like, yeah. well, I'm just stare at my phone. It's, it's somebody else's turn. Who's out there? Who's Anybody out there? out there? I got words. Now I'm looking for friends. <laughs> That's F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Yeah. It's it's tough out there. But I want to know what some of these classes for this film stuff was like. Oh man, dude, I had some I had a class where we talked all about what defined a film as a musical. 
Mm. Like, how do you determine when something is just a film with music in it versus is it a musical now? Do you go by, does the music progress the story? Do, like, the Elvis movies count as musicals? I'll drop Elvis... something on you. Diegetic is the term. Yep, so yep, that's if, a word. Yes, diegetic. Yep. So if, and let me explain this to the audience, to the layman that is tuning in this week. Uh, diegetic means that it is a sound or it is music more. So, so an example I would lose or use, a modern day example would be Guardians of the Galaxy. The music in that movie is diegetic because we're not just hearing it as the audience. The characters, the characters are, are hearing it yep. in real time within the scenes. And it can go back and forth. The same song can be diegetic and then adjust yes. to non-diegetic if of they course. were to go into like a montage mm-hmm. or something along those lines. And so you have to decide, well, is diegetic sound something that you would make it would make that a difference in something being a musical? Or can you have a musical like Beauty and the Beast where maybe not everybody around you is hearing it? But it's it's progressing the story. Does that make it a musical? Does it have to be operatic where everything is music in order for it to be musical? Does one song count enough to make it a musical? There's lots of different questions. You're like, whoa, how do you freaking define a musical? That was one class. My favorite, though, I really like philosophy of art. That was a good one for oh, me. Oh, gosh. Because it turns out I like philosophy. Well, no, don't, I know, don't but it's tell just, the Mormons. I'm not supposed just, to like philosophy. But it's, but it's this idea, philosophy of art, like it's all subjective. So... Or is it? It it is. That's the question, though. It is. No, there's your answer. I could have just saved you ten grand. (laughs) It's all subjective. It's all subjective. Or it's all subjective. Or it can mean anything to anyone at any given time. Ah, yes. So completely divorced from the intention of the artist who made it. And that is a fantastic place to come to, but not a lot of people recognize that. They could, even a lot of artists will say, "I intended this to mean this," and if that's not what you're getting, then you don't understand it. Right. But the artist has to recognize that for that exact point, like it doesn't always mean the same thing to somebody else. Once you have created a piece of art, and this is my personal belief as well, is you have to then let go of a responsibility of it. Exactly. Can you own art? Can you keep art? Is something art is art something that you can possess? And I don't think it is. Because yeah. anytime it's experienced by somebody else, we it's should go to Paris and tell connection. the Louvre that as we walk out with the Mona Lisa. <laughs> is art something you can possess? My my class told me no, so we're just gonna take this. We're gonna we're just gonna walk out of here. Right. Well, I mean, because if you look at like uh, the the Middle Ages, there were people who told you what art was and what art wasn't, and there were rules you had to follow for something to be considered yes. art. Yes. And from that, we have people who have developed tastes for specific things. For example, in ballroom dance, which is an art form, you will have judges who have experience with ballroom dance for many, many years who can look at and pick apart different things that just a normal person can't look at and pick apart. And so you would say then, well, this person can decide how what the quality of this art is versus another form of that art. Yeah, but whether critiquing, it's good or critiquing, bad. But then you get into the question of well, what is good, what is exactly, bad, and what it's is subjective. quality. It's subjective. What does quality truly mean? But but okay, but that's that's my thing because the that whole quality to the end user, what their experience is, I think is completely different as well. I mean, I love I love a great a great steak, right? Mm-hmm. Like I love Wagyu beef. I love freaking ribeye cap steak. I love bone and ribeye. Like, are you trying to get me to eat meat again? Yes, yes. <laughs> but if like it, that doesn't mean I can't appreciate like some street tacos. You know of what course. I mean? Like that. Of course. That 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 beef that they're using is going to be about as far away from that ribeye cap as you can possibly be. The difference is, what if somebody came up to you and said Wagyu and street tacos is the same thing? If they enjoy, but we're talking about the end user's enjoyment. Somebody might enjoy them the same amount, and but that's could fine. you look at them and say, you are wrong. One of these is better than the other? No, because it's subjective. Somebody might love street tacos more than Wagyu beef, whether you have to take into account the value, the price, the availability. I mean, these are all things that happen. Like, like I go back to like um, talking about, like for example, Citizen Kane, to take it back to films, right? Mm-hmm. I, I say that there are certain films that have the Citizen Kane effect, and by that, what I mean is you have a film that was so influential, it, it, it's influenced so many other films that when a modern-day audience goes back to watch it, they think, well, this is, well, what's the big deal? Yeah, it's just a bunch of tropes, it they, seems like. Yes, because yeah. these other films turn them into tropes, exactly. but at the time, it was ground, groundbreaking, and that's right. like when I show people- Just uh, like Captain EO. The original- <laughs> Captain EO. We'll talk about Michael Jackson here in a second. But like Halloween's another great example. The original Halloween. Right. I love that movie. 
And actually, that's a movie that I actually enjoy watching that's also highly influential. Mm-hmm. Whereas Citizen Kane, it's like, yeah, you can watch it to say you watched it, but it's really for the technical stuff. It's right. not, to me, right. it's, you know, whatever, but who yeah. am I? But, like, Halloween's really fun, but, like, I, I've shown that to people, and they said, I don't know, it's really slow, I don't get it, the kills are kind of lame. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you guys don't understand, there wasn't a movie like this. <laughs> there wasn't Friday the 13th, there wasn't Freddy Krueger, there wasn't right. any of this stuff. This is it. <laughs> These, this was all created for this movie. Right. So it's it's hard to get people to understand that, but at the same time, the end, that end experience for some people, like, let's say Halloween is the Wagyu beef. Mm-hmm. And the latest reboot of, you know, whether it's Halloween or Friday the 13th or whatever comes out, somebody might enjoy that more. You know, the street tacos, they might like that more. Whether it's the availability or accessibility, I would say, you know, they're a modern audience, the pacing's differently, everything's so, out. This takes me to another place that I think I go to a lot ever since I watched it Idiocracy. <laughs> is to me one of the most brilliant films of all time. It's good. Because I cannot think about deterioration in society without thinking about idiocracy because it constantly goes back to this. Like, is that a problem then where mm. people cannot look back and understand the, the, the different things that make something more appreciative or appreciable and less, right? If there are no more people who decide what is good or what is bad, if there is no standard set and it is constantly changing and lowering and lowering and lowering are we then left with nothing but bottom level everything because nobody finds any value in creating something that we would consider higher or more difficult or reaching for like if there was nobody making any more films like you know a a ben-hur Mm-hmm. Or or something groundbreaking because audiences are only watching Lawrence of Arabia smaller things because audience only want to see the next Saw film like yeah we see that happen a lot you see I see that in American society actually in so many different ways where we go with what we know with what's familiar instead of taking a risk on something that may be better or worse but I also think that appreciation can be different than enjoyment. So the review or the enjoyment can be like 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 I do with Citizen Kane, like I told yes. you. I can appreciate what right. they were able to do with right. that movie. I can from a technical standpoint. That doesn't mean I like it. It doesn't right. mean I'm going to be like, oh, let's watch that. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. So the ability to appreciate and the ability to critique, I think, are two different things. So what and about when that ability to appreciate goes away? Well, then I think that's a whole different discussion. I think what we're talking about, though, is... Like, it's all, the the original thing was, you know, is it subjective? And I think it's all subjective. Because you can take someone who, you could take someone who's seen, like, what's what's one of those awful Mandy Moore movies, like Crossroads? Don't or is that you Brittany? bring Mandy into this. Or is, that, or is that Brittany? Don't you dare. I don't remember. But I'm just saying, someone might love those movies, right? Inherent of, like, from Justin to Kelly or something like that. I don't, I don't know what I'm thinking of, but I know you know what I'm talking about, and that's all that matters. <laughs> it's not Mandy Moore. It's... She is great. Whatever. It's one of these, you know. Mandy, if you can hear me, I miss you. (laughs) Yeah. Has anyone seen her? Did she join Scientology? Probably. (laughs) What's going on? Oh, no. They got another one. (laughs) Anyways. Mandy, if you were listening to this, remember, I was the kid who asked you how to swing on the swing when we were at the cast party after that play that you were in with my mom. Uh Uh-huh. Tom Cruise's basement is nicer than this entire studio, so (laughs) let's let's not be too sad for Mandy Moore at this moment, okay? But the point is, you could have somebody like those movies, right? You could say, oh, I like this. They might even still be able to tell you, well, you know, the quality is not great, but I like it. Right. I have plenty of movies like that. Uh, of course, of course. You can absolutely like and even love something that is less than. For that many reasons. That it's subjective. For many reasons, yes. However, if you can no longer then appreciate the other things for what they are, like, for example, we can both sit here and say there's things that we appreciate but don't like, and there's things that we like but don't appreciate. Right? That both that sure. goes both ways. Yeah? And so if we... If that goes away, though, if that ability to appreciate and look beyond something as at its surface value is lost, if there are no people who are taking the time to invest and understand the subtle nuances of a craft or a skill, if that vanishes, does that piece of, does that art, does it hurt from it? Maybe, but I feel like art is pretty cyclical anyways. No, I'm serious. I think you see, you know, there's like these kind of waves of where this thing happens and it's like that for a while and then this thing happens and then after about three cycles you're back to where you were you know 200 years (laughs) ago kind of focusing on these certain aspects so i I don't know 
Well, it's like oftentimes, so I would go to you, for example, and I would say, hey, Ben, what, what do I think about this comic? Because it's not a, it's not a, something that I know much about. I don't know much about comics. And so I'd if say, I go well, say, do some, I like this one or do I not like this one? Well, well, Mike, there's some slight foxing around the edges, but I'm pretty sure we can get an <laughs> 8.3 rating out of this. Yes. Get it on the eBay. Get it right. sold right away. I would go to somebody who knows better than me for something I don't know much about if I'm trying to of better course. myself in maybe. my use of maybe. or ingestion of but, art. If but. I no longer care about whether something is better than something else or whether something is of a quality, then what's the point? No, no, no. You, that is the point. If you're not comparing it to other stuff, if you're not worried about how it stacks up against anything else, if you're not worried about what your friends are going to think, if you just experience it and you say, oh, I like this. This spoke to me. That's all that matters. That's why it's subjective. Tim, who is not here to defend himself, <laughs> told me that his favorite film of all time is Ready Player One. Okay? Oh! Now, that's look, look, he's not here, so I don't want to rag on him too much. Uh, yeah, I, Tim, where did you go? I would, we'll talk about that. Tim Van. I would, I would argue, like, okay, that's not my favorite film. I think it's far from the best film ever made, but it's his favorite film of all time. Right. He can't be wrong. It's his favorite film. Yes. Yes. So it's subjective. But you, there's a difference, though, asking him what is your favorite film versus what is the greatest film. And the greatest or best are definitely things that you could argue, well, what constitutes greatest or best? Is exactly. it numbers in the box office? Is it time spent making it? Like, there's those are definitely subjective categories, right? Yes. But when you bring things down to a place-by-place, place, like, yeah, you're right. There is this subjective aspect yes. of it. But subjection... <laughs> It's not the only Mike, thing. It's not the Mike, only thing. Mike, Mike, it's subjective. All art is subjective. We could we could show a picture. We could show a painting to a mm. hundred people. Yep, you're gonna get a bunch of different responses right. to it. What about if your question though is is this art? <laughs> That's subjective in and of itself. Yes. Right. That's why all art is subjective because the fact that it may or may not be art is subjective. Exactly. Banksy's a perfect example of that. I always see this stuff online and they're like, someone paid $12.7 million for this. I'm like, that's a toilet paper roll on a gold chicken. <laughs> you know, like somebody saw it for something though. You know, like it's it's yeah. all subjective. I don't know. Well, but, you could also look at it then from the, the, the monetary aspect of things. You know, you're looking at some piece, a piece of art may not just be something for you to enjoy. It may be something for you to get money back from later. Maybe you're going to spend this much now considering an investment that one day this artist is going to be dead and people are going to want to spend more money on it. There you go. But but that doesn't make it good or bad art. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad we've actually had this whole discussion without talking about different curators deciding on what makes something art and whether it should be in a museum or in a gallery or all those things like those. It deserves to be in a museum. That's Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> well, but since we're since we're talking about nice it, pair of hooters you got over there, since we're talking about That's dumb and dumber, you call him Doctor Jones, doll. <laughs> since we're talking about art, um, this has come up recently. Michael Jackson is back in the news. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's this documentary, and just just from the top, I have not seen the documentary. I have seen some of the information that has come out from the documentary, but I have not watched it yet myself. I don't think you have, have you? I have not, because I will defend Michael Jackson until the day. I okay, die. all right, all right. Well, then here you go. That's me being so this very is, subjective. Yeah, I'm being so subjective. So, I I I don't want to just talk about Michael Jackson. Of course, I want to use him as a vessel to really talk about something that's a little little larger, a little larger than just Michael Jackson, which is: Do we separate? the art from the artist should we separate the art from the artist right yeah so do we do these things already and if we do should we continue doing it this comes back around a lot too we have so many examples of that especially today when we are purging we're if you will. hyper aware of our artists more so than we ever have been right. in the history of the world yep we can see very clearly what people are thinking and doing so much more beyond what they're actually just making oh yeah yeah oh yeah I mean, and I, I've tried to point this out before we go any further. I've tried to point out to people when, when they want to make it out like, you know, people today are just so much worse than they were back in the day. I'm like, no, that's just because Marilyn Monroe didn't have a Twitter account. Right. Like, yeah. she's not any smarter than exactly. Cardi B. <laughs> like, you know, we, we like to romanticize all these yeah. things. But it's like, no, they just didn't have that reach that right. your average, your, just your average socialite or star has today. Yeah. It's just it's crazy. I mean, um, 
Imagine being a rock star in the 70s. Oh, gosh. Dealing with 15-year-old groupies following you around everywhere. Like, these dudes were hooking up left and right, and it didn't matter who it was or where they were coming from or how old they were. If all these girls had their Twitter accounts talking about what happened, we'd be ousting people constantly. There would be no music makers if we were in the 70s with Twitter accounts. So, and I think this is a good opportunity, once again, before we get into it, just to say, I mean, you have to think about... And and you know you have to do this because you're not you're never going to meet all these people on a one on one. So you have to be a little general here, but you have to think about who, what kind of person is drawn to kind of the artist's lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Is this a person that is typically very organized and very thoughtful about how their actions, you know, <laughs> will affect other people? Not typically, you know. Like these are these are. I'm these, feeling very attacked right now, Benjamin. I feel personally attacked. Um, no, I'm serious though. <laughs> so. I think that it 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 you know it calls to a certain type of person most of the of time. Of course, yeah. And I think not only does it call to that person, but then once you find a certain level of success, those bad choices are typically celebrated, not looked right. down upon. Right. So now that we've gotten all that out of the way, so do, do we separate, separate? Do do we separate the art from the artist? I'm going to ask you: Do you do that? Do you have any specific examples of you doing that? I. I do, I think, have a couple examples of where I have chosen to not participate in somebody's art because I disagreed with the message of the art, though. I don't think that actually counts. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a little different. Like, I really that's not the art from the artist. That's just the art. Yeah, that's that's just the art. Like, I really appreciate Eminem. I think he's a he's brilliant in what he does. But when I was in high school, I couldn't stand to listen to it any, any of it because I hated the message that the art conveyed. And I don't know that that necessarily is attached to the artist or not. Um, I think oftentimes yeah. artists are conveying messages that have nothing to do with them whatsoever. Well, especially in the rap circles, yes. which we just talked about, bad decisions being celebrated. That's uh-huh. a perfect example. Oh, yeah. That culture is the badder you are, the more quote-unquote crimes you've committed, right. the more people you've shot in a drive-by, the higher you are on the totem and pole. I love that there's a lot of artists that call that out nowadays, too. Yeah, for the, sure. The problem that I'm finding, though, is they still call it out on, like, track seven of a 14-track yeah. album, and, yeah, yeah. you know, it's only the one track calling out that it's a bunch of BS that most people are talking about anyway, you know? And it's not the single. <laughs> exactly, because because that's not what sells. Oh, agreed. And that's where that's what it comes down to. Artists are there making money when they get good (laughs) yeah some people are still doing it for the thrill of just making an art and real artists are the ones who are going to be doing it whether they're making money off of it or not all right so that's you separating from the art itself but do you have any examples of you separating the art from the artist Hmm. i stopped listening to chris brown for a little while after the whole rihanna thing Mm. but that was just for a little while and then i got over it and listened to chris brown again interesting yeah well i'll tell you this though so in the day and age that we live in, when you say you started listening to Chris Brown again, like I'm guessing you didn't have to go out and buy any albums. No, yeah, no, it's right there on my Spotify. It's, it's just there. It, it just it's, plays it's, through it's, my lists. It's I think it's so much easier to kind of like like if this had been twenty years ago, you would have burned CDs, you would have thrown yeah. stuff away, and then yeah. you would have had to have gone out of your way again to re-embrace this person. Now it pops up on your playlist, and you're like, well, I will, instead of skipping, I'll just let it play. Yep. And it seems so harmless, you know? Yeah. So that's all you have is the Chris Brown? That, you know, that's all I can really think of. I'm trying to think of an artist that has truly offended me that I've been like, ah, because honestly, I don't get offended by much. Woody Allen? You know, I probably should be offended by a lot of things that Woody Allen's done, but I don't pay enough attention to know. <laughs> Just like all That's the underage part. girls that he's been with and how he ended up marrying his, his adopted, adopted daughter. daughter. Yeah, and That's just, one I actually learned about pretty there's recently. There's a lot of stories. and Well, and as we've learned, I mean, what, the real sad thing, you know, with Hollywood specifically is just all these things come out and happen and then you look back and there's people telling jokes and telling stories and it's kind of like everybody knew. Right. But it just didn't so matter. The, I think the real question then isn't, you know, is there a point where you start to separate the art from the artist, but is there a point where you can go into yourself? Because let's, let's take Woody Allen as a great example. I have been inspired and changed by Woody Allen films as an artist myself. Yes. And so is that something that I need to go back in and reevaluate myself as an artist now and adjust everything I do and have done to retroactively become hyper aware of something's influence on me? Because it's not just whether I'm spending money on an art or not. It's, is that influencing me? And can, and can I or should I reject the influence 
of somebody who is unscrupulous, as it were. Here's here's the personal, and this is not going to be perfect because contrary to popular belief, I myself am not in fact perfect. But here's <laughs> here's what <laughs> here's what I have done, and this is just for myself. So like Woody Allen's a perfect example because I have not purchased any other Woody Allen films or gone out or sought out any of his works ever since all this stuff came out, right? Right. And I'm like, well, the stuff that I already have, I feel like I can view and continue to have because they were things that I had completely separate of knowing any of these things about him. Right. And I feel like I can keep those things, but I won't get anything else. Like, I'm not going to add to the collection, you know? And I kind of felt the same way about... um, Who were we talking about before? What's his name from... American Pie. No, no, American Beauty. American Beauty. Two very different films. Yes, American Beauty disturbed me. I saw another friend recently post how Freaky. much they loved it. No. And like multiple people were like, oh, this is one of my favorite movies of all yeah, time. And I was I was truly disturbed by American Beauty. I feel the same way about that film that I do, Stanley Kubrick's um, Lolita. Oh, I never watched Lolita. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's kind of the same premise too. Okay. Like same idea. Anyways... He's on House of Cards. Yeah, what's his name again? We, you guys all know. Uh, Usual, uh, usual suspects. Anyways, I haven't something with an S. (laughs) Good thing we've the the cameras start flashing. Oh, it's something with an S on the red carpet. (laughs) What are what are you wearing? Something with wool. All right, thank you very much for that riveting interview. Oh my gosh, do you have it yet? Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey, Spacey has an S. There you go. So Kevin Spacey, all this stuff came out, um, you know, about how he had forced himself on an underage boy back in the day. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, like I said, I, you know, I haven't searched out, sought out anything he was in after that because I know he had a couple of things that were already in the works. I know he was, he was cut out of the one film entirely, but then he, he had some other stuff that had come out. And I don't know, like right now, at least I have things that have already been purchased that, like I said, I viewed without any of that knowledge. So in my mind, I feel like I'll be okay rewatching it, but I'll just have to see. Maybe I'll never touch those again, or maybe I'll put them in and be like, oh, this just isn't right. Let me toss usual suspects, which I hate to say, but, you know, I don't know. It's a tough thing. It's a tough thing, this whole separate the artist from the art, because a lot of art that we have comes from conflict Uh, to me the best art comes from conflict be it a personal internal conflict be it an actual conflict with with external forces like like the greatest band of all time to me is sublime and so much of what bradley newell was writing about was his own conflict with his drug abuse and in his relationships Mm. and that's the same thing do we if we don't support somebody who's got an addiction um then do we turn our back on that? Do we say I'm not going to support this art because it doesn't? Well, it's them. To... It's them harming themselves, not harming someone else. I think that's where people usually draw the line. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can see. I can like, see a line I being see, drawn there. I can see most people saying, "Oh, yeah, uh, an artsy person being addicted to something." All right, they're a dime a dozen. Because there's okay also the other way. Then there's also the other side of things where things go too far. When you have book burnings and things about you know, mm. because this person was. A gambler, we can't allow our children, or this book talks about witchcraft, we can't allow our children, all of this we can't allow stuff. I'm very much against as a oh, form I of am. censorship. I am too. So, I am too. But so again, that's that's the same question to Always. me. I don't have an answer to that. But 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 you can still you can still buy, you know, books by Hitler. Right. You, you can still you can go on Amazon right now if you want to, you know, and buy my struggle, you know, if you want to. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, the average person needs to just be seeking that out, but I think... Just had a brilliant idea. I think... We need to dig up dirt on Karl Marx, and then all the socialists would be like, oh, I guess I can't listen to... <sighs> yeah, we'd have to try so hard for that. <laughs> but the Marxist But the point is, like, I would never... As, as stupid as I think that is, I would still... I, it still needs to be there. Like, that's a part of history. Right. That's a part of information that people need to be exposed to. That hopefully says to them, look, this person was crazy, you know, but I also feel like Hitler, Karl Marx, all these people like I tell people all the time, one of the scariest things I ever saw in Hitler 
was they had these like unearthed tapes or something. It was on a documentary and it was literally him flirting with Ava Braun. And that terrified me because it was like the first time I saw him as just like a normal person. Right. A human being. Yeah. Because my entire life, he's just been this larger than life supervillain. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, it's the Hitler. The go-to like, demon of yeah, all things. He's like if the worst person ever. Yeah. The worst he's thing. the worst yeah. person ever. And there was just this split second where I was like, oh, my gosh, he's human. Right. It's like we all have that capacity. Like, that's terrifying. Yep. But I think it helped me appreciate that. You know, in that moment, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, no, I, you know, we all need to be more aware of what we're doing and what we're saying and how we're acting and how we're treating our fellow man. You know, like, he didn't have horns. He didn't have a tail. You know, he had a bad mustache. But, you know, there's a lot of people with bad facial hair. I don't typically think they're (laughs) going to commit genocide or at least attempt to. So it's just very fascinating. So, you know, I think those things exist and they should exist. I think, I mean... We weren't going to get into it. We might, we might get into this more next week because there's a lot of information. I said there's a lot of stuff to unpack. But there was this terrible, terrible tragedy in New Zealand. Oh, I didn't want All right? to that. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But just to touch on that, you know, New Zealand is making it, you know, illegal to, like, share anything about the manifesto that was left, to, to share any information on the shooter, to do this, that, and the other. And it's just very, it's very scary to me. When a government tries to control information. Because people are going to say, well, oh, they're, they're doing it for the right reasons. They're doing it for the right reasons. This and time. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. They always take opportunities when it's very black and white to instill these, you know, little, oh, well, we can do this and we can do that. I don't trust them to do that every time. Yeah. I don't. Well, that comes from your natural distrust of government to begin with, which is a very healthy thing, I think. Yeah. It is. People who trust the government wholeheartedly scare me. Yeah. Either well, side. Either side of trusting the government but that, wholeheartedly. But that brings me that brings me back full circle. So when we talk about separating the art from the artist, like that's probably the that's the most typical example I would use is politics. Mm. You know, they say never meet your heroes, you know, like thanks <laughs> to Twitter, I've made that mistake several hundred <laughs> times. And you know, there's a lot of like it could be something it could be something as simple as like Captain America or something like Chris Evans, like Chris Evans and I, I don't think could be possibly further apart on the political spectrum or the physical spectrum, unfortunately for me, but you know, it's, but it's like, that I want to play as buddy. That, yeah. Right. Like I could jump in there. I'll take the kicks, but I don't let that stop me from enjoying the movie. I'm like, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say, Oh, he disagrees with everything I think about politics well that's so i divorce the art from the artist where is the line i think every individual human has to be able to draw their own lines instead of having a social line drawn as to what is a problem right yeah but because we got that governor who was here in florida not too long ago who got in trouble for uh prostitution for hiring a prostitute now the the real problem was that apparently she was uh, part of a sex trafficking ring or something which is to me the worst thing in the world that somebody would be taken from their are you talking about the owner of the patriots yeah, that guy. He wasn't okay. government, was yeah, he? Yeah, no. He no. Wasn't anyway, well, he was a dude, right? And yeah, so yeah. this, and he actually wasn't charged with the uh, sex trafficking ring, which that is was good whole, because it wasn't that was a whole he separate wasn't a thing. It, it was yeah. just the prostitution, which, right. as I've said before, yes, I think sex work is like any other work. It should be legalized. People can make money off of it. They can, and people need to understand. As I say this, I am morally opposed to it, but that does not mean that I think it should be le- uh, illegal. Agreed. So here's the thing, though. Like that is a line. Like on the. In, in the world of social demonizing someone, society is forcing lines now on people that may or may not be something an individual but would choose. The problem, the problem is the lines are coming every two seconds now. That's the right. real issue. That's right. the real issue. The, 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 that's, that's the thing is the lines are now just like a geometric equation of a jumbledness of things crissing and crossing all over the place. Crissing and crossing. I like Crissing that. and crossing. That's Criss the actual crossing. scientific. Crisscrossing. Crossfire. <laughs> you get caught up in the crossfire. Crossfire. Yeah. Yeah. Because, right, like, exactly as you say, I believe that sex work should not be illegal. So I don't believe in putting somebody in this position of, oh, how dare this person, like, I'm not going to watch their films because they were, they hired a prostitute, right? 
So that's my line that I've set for myself, but now there's these other people who would. And so then we get to this new subject, which I think we were also going to broach, which comes into the, oh, the college admissions scandal we were going to talk a little bit about. The the public beheadings that are happening nowadays when someone does something that is someone somewhere is found reprehensible and therefore everything is taken away from that human being. But this is, this is why it's very important to me. Um, and this is something that I I try and explain to people as, as often as I can. And that is that there is a difference between equality and equity and equity terrifies me because what that means is that society or the people that are in power are going to start deciding who has it better and who has it worse based upon nothing, <laughs> you know, because the example everybody always uses is the three guys trying to watch the baseball game. Right. And they all have a box mm-hmm. and they each have one box, but there's a tall guy, a shorter guy and the shortest guy. And they say, this is equality. Everybody gets a box. That's equality. But equity is the tall guy doesn't get any boxes because he doesn't need them. The shorter guy gets one box because that's all he needs. The and then the shortest guy gets mm-hmm. two boxes. That's right. equity. And that works great because, once again, the example is height, and that's something that we can measure. Literally, we can measure, and we say, people are taller, people are shorter, here we go, they fixed it. But how do you translate that into a social status? How do you say someone has more social equity than someone else? How do you say that their challenges weren't the same as someone else's? And furthermore, that that depiction of those three people watching the baseball game makes me really angry because really all three of them didn't buy a ticket, and they're stealing you know, they're all three stealing from the athletes, you know, so that's pretty annoying, but it just scares me. It frightens me when, you know, and, and that verbiage is everywhere. You have to really, because it, it looks like equality, but you really got to read a lot of these laws and these rules, things people are writing, equity is all over the place. That terrifies me. I don't know that, I, I see what you're saying, um, and that goes back again to the people who have developed a taste for being able to decide whether something no, but that, that's good, my point. That's necessary. good, bad, necessary. It goes back to people drawing lines, there, there social no lines. Because, but, but the idea is all these things that we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. When we say, "Oh, people," these public beheadings and you know the court of public opinions on Twitter and on Facebook and on everything. Right. You know, someone says one wrong thing and then they're they're blacklisted and everything else. Okay, so we think that's terrible, right? Now imagine the government has the power to do exactly. that. Exactly. See, that's that's, that's what I'm saying. That's that's what you're saying. Yeah, and that I that's agree with. Terrifying. What you're looking at then, like in this social realm of public beheading, there's another word for that, isn't there? Blacklisting. Black. Yeah, in the social ball. realm of 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 blackballing. Blackballing. Is that a thing? Redlisting. Redlisting. I think that's what they did to the comedies back. Yeah, the day. that was know. in the film. Defo- the film history. That was. Yeah, you would get uh, blacklisted. <laughs> we were seeing commies in our soup back there. <laughs> So you've got then us as individuals making those decisions would be ideal if... No, it's not. But that's... That's no, that, <laughs> that's what I'm Twitter is, in a nutshell. But that's no capitalism. No one should be making these decisions on anyone else. That's capitalism. That's that us capitalism? using our money to decide what we do and don't want. No, 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 no. It would be. Hang on. No, here's the thing. I know what you're about to get to because if you look at it from... Let's take the film examples, right? We've got Kevin Spacey. The with an the S big businesses, <laughs> also with S's, all of the people who are funding his projects are pulling out of him. I don't believe because it's of some sort of moral superiority that they feel. It's because public opinion, the public opinion will no longer agreed. People will no longer spend their money. on Yes. It. And that will affect the bottom line. I hear you. But that people aren't speaking with their wallets anymore. They're coming out as these keyboard warriors on Twitter, right. they're doing things. These might not even people who would have ever experienced anything that this person is attached to, but because they said this thing, they're going to come after them. So that's what I'm saying is it is, though, a form of capitalism at, its, at, at, at work. Because let's, you know, let's, let's say it's uh, like Chick-fil-A, for example. I know it's going to affect the bottom line. I, I agree with you on that. But they are not saying, well, we're not going to go to this movie. They're not trying to affect the bottom line. I mean, that's just a that's just a sidebar of them saying this person needs to pay. They need to be fired. They need to be taken off this project. They need to fill in the blank, fill in the blank, fill in the blank. Right. I don't believe that the people making the decisions are actually listening to that. Oh, I, I think they absolutely are. The court of public opinions has never been louder than it has been right now. Right, but that... Because that does affect the bottom line. I'm not it, disagreeing with you on that, but I'm not saying that, that that's not what these people are after. That's just a byproduct right. of what they're doing. You're right. 
Yeah, so it's it's a confusion then of this system. Because that's what I believe. And it's that's, a horrible that's system. That's why I believe in capitalism, though, is that as individuals, you have the opportunity to support or not support something. Now, it's turned, though, because the product is not a person. The product is the thing that that person creates. And so let's look at the daughter of Aunt Becky. Aunt Becky. Her product has been her as a person. Yeah. Right? Her, but, but that's not necessarily... Attaching her name to things like her makeup line. And on or, Lifetime original movies. Are you talking about her daughter now or Aunt Becky? I'm talking about her daughter. Olivia Jade. Olivia Jade, thank you. I looked this up. Good. You're welcome. I'm glad we're prepared. You're welcome. Olivia Jade has Spoiler had a lot of these things pulled back because of the attack on her person, not the attack on her product. And the argument I would make there is... As I said before, what we know from the reports is that she was aware that she was. Yeah, well, college is a freaking waste of time, and it's a waste of money. Okay. So if somebody wants to All waste right. their time and money, let them waste I their time and money. I don't think it's a waste of time or money. It is. There going are very for, few careers that actually need a college degree. Going, going I for the- I appreciate doctors and engineers and lawyers having college degrees. <laughs> Everybody else I can do go too. sit on it. I love engineers. But, but the point is- Maybe if you didn't go for philosophy of film, you wouldn't be so soured on the experience. You know, maybe if I hadn't taken all those equestrian courses, I wouldn't be so soured on the experience. No, it's because I know what college is. So guess what? Anyone listening out there, if you need to make a movie about horses, we're the team. We are the team for that that job. All right? Movies about horses. Movies about horses. We your people. Okay. That's us. Yeah, I mean, we could get on. I could talk about the college, the subject of college, for a long time. Well, well, kind of. Let's, as a, let's not get onto that one. Well, well we kind of will, because I wanted. To, I didn't get your take on the college admission scandal as a whole. So, what do you think about this? Because I think your take was what my take was. My take is people been doing it for years and years and years and years, and yes. all of a sudden we're going to blame Aunt Becky. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. This is this was far less. I mean, she got two kids in for five hundred grand. That's only two hundred and fifty per head. That's a lot of freaking money, man. Hey, those lifetime original I wanna movies. I want to ask any business person out there who's not making a million dollars a year if they're not going to take a two hundred fifty k check to put someone through the motions of whatever their business is. If it's not actually going to physically hurt them, like if you're not a scuba dive instructor or something who's going to just like go through the motions with somebody. Like, yeah, I would do it in a heartbeat. You're going to pay me $250,000 to give her some dance lessons? Yeah, done. You should not actually take the lessons? Fine, you can pay me anyway. <laughs> Since when is that a bad thing? But that's the problem is, the problem that I think people have is that they don't see college as a product. They don't see it as a business selling degrees. They think it's still an institution of higher learning. Yeah. It I hasn't been you. that for a long time. Yeah. I know what you mean. So... Aside yeah. from those very few specialized, you know, degrees that you have to go for, I mean, it's it's really about the networking at the end of the day. Absolutely. That's what I tell people. That's, that's all college is. It's <laughs> it's getting a network of of people. Join a join a sorority. So you don't have a problem with these uh, parents getting their kids in guaranteed spots? No, in because a honestly, like, there's You're so much worried. access to college You're these not days. Worried about the that it's that not kid that studied so much harder and had a better score. To do what? To no, get a different name on the diploma they that they get? Now they can't go to USC, Mike. <laughs> Who wants to go to USC anyway? Uh, if you want to be there for the game days and the parties, <laughs> that's where you go. That's, I mean, that's my point. Like, what, what, is, what is it that you're paying for when you are paying for college to begin with? All the people who are mad, I think, are people who, sure, wish they would have gone to a better school, but what difference would it have made? Well, and then the point, the point that, I was, that I was making you prior to us starting recording was I can kind of understand where the daughter was coming from because now she's had, you know, Sephora. She had her own makeup line at Sephora. That's been pulled. Um, she had another sponsorship pulled. I'm trying to think about what it was, but I can't think about it, what, what it is. And then, of course, you know, she's like, no one's really checking out her YouTube channel anymore. You know what it is, though? I think I just made this connection then. because Oh, my gosh. Because her product is her. Yeah. And that's that's what we've come to it these days is we don't have artists who are just artists. Well, that's why it's social media. Yeah, you're selling your life. You are, and that's something I've been trying to do for a long time is sell myself no on social buying, media because Mike. I'm boring. No one's buying because I have no interesting well, things Mike. happening. Uh, oh, I know there's 22 pizzas out here at CC's, but uh, I'm gonna special order my own. Listen, <laughs> you can do it, and you should. 
<laughs> right. You can also valet park at the rodeo. I've never done that. <laughs> you know. I can well, park my own tractor. <laughs> Nobody's getting their hands on my Silverado. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's... Yeah, so I think we need to get away from an artist being so connected to their art. Well, can you separate the art from the artist when their art is the artist? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Stop. We need to stop buying people. Yeah, but no one's going to do that. No one's going to do that. That's the biggest business that there is. That's the biggest business. Why do you think everyone's talking about the Kardashians? Yeah. That's what it is. Right. Their art is themselves. Yes. There is no separating that. They're, they're Intentionally. That is by design. Yeah, no, I no, no. I do not no. believe that there's anything accidental about no, the Kardashians. No, no, no. More power to them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Right. But it's like, I mean, that's what, that's what the game is. You know, that's what it is. And that's why Instagram and Facebook and all this stuff, like, that's why, you know, people talk about, like, these perfectly designed, you know, people's internet lives and their real lives. Because people only you know, want to share these specialized little moments. You did mention Banksy, and Banksy's a great example of somebody who intentionally has separated himself from his art. Because mm. nobody knows who Banksy is. Yeah. So he is totally separate. You can't go back and say, oh, man, Banksy, that's, he's a raging alcoholic who beats his wife. Like, you don't even know that Banksy's a dude. Maybe he's the one getting beat. Yeah. Now don't you feel bad? <laughs> you joik. You joik. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know. So I guess I my I fall down on, I come down on, yes, I do separate the art from the artist. It's pretty easy for me in some situations. Like I said, it's harder on depending upon what it is. Right. If it's just political beliefs, I think that's easy. If it's other things, you know, like I, I'm like, ooh, okay. Yeah. Stay away from right. this, you know. And then with you, I guess. You don't do that at all. And why do you defend Michael Jackson so much? Is it is it you know, because well no 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 I'm interested because is yeah. it because you are just against the court of public opinions and since nothing has been proven in in a court of law that you're like well it's look, not that's because what we I don't trust the of? judicial system either. Okay. Um, I think there is some space for the court of public opinion, but I don't think I think it is a, a wild mob actually. You know, I know you don't watch John Oliver, but he did an interview with Monica Lewinsky not too long ago, who I think we could say is like patient zero for the court of public opinion and what it means to have to totally re rechange people's perspective on you as a human being and continue your life who? after being Monica Lewinsky. Oh, okay. I thought you said something else. Put I'm your so, phone down. I'm so sorry. I checked my phone just once. <laughs> it's the first time I've checked it. All right, we Gosh. were talking about. Look, we were talking. We were talking about selling yourself. I'm just trying to cut, get a piece of the pie, man. <laughs> trying to sell myself for two I know, seconds I over it back here. To court of public opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm listening. So it's, I'm listening I, to you. Now I lost my train. I'm of sorry, thought, Monica man. Lewinsky. Yeah, I, you know she. She's she, aged beautifully, by the way. I wonder what she uses to exfoliate that skin. That's a good question. So she has been the butt of a whole lot of jokes. Oh, I and has continued to be the butt of a whole lot of jokes but, throughout most of her life. And she is it's it's a really hard thing to come back from when you are being when you've been slandered isn't and it people sad, consider though? you uh, just a byword in that's a that's a that's a real double standard though. Because oh, it's a total double Bill standard. Bill Clinton is cel- like Nobody, yeah, nobody cares. It's like, oh yeah, it's Bill exactly. Clinton. He plays saxophone. He has sex with people. And it's that's actually, just what he does. It's like those things that you talked that you showed me on your phone just a little bit ago. The the way things are labeled. It yeah. is called the Monica Lewinsky scandal. It is yeah. named after her. Yeah, Sleeping yeah. with your intern yeah. is named she was, after. She this was person. the young intern. He was the president of the United States, the literal leader of the free world. Yep. You want to talk about abuse of power? Exactly. Like, you can't you can't abuse more There's power. No- <laughs> There's no more power to be abused. That's it. And he yet is that power. Her head was the one that ended up on the spike. Yeah, that's and what I'm she saying. She is the one who's gone down in flames. Yep. So yep. the court of public opinion to me is. And so we were go- uh, Michael Jackson's why we came back to this. That's why. That's why we came back is why do I defend Michael Jackson? Well, he <laughs> I a long time ago, it was pointed out to me that the very first person to have allegations against Michael Jackson yes. came out and said that his mother told him to do and that he was lying. Now, again, I haven't watched the the latest stories. Yeah, but we're gonna get we're gonna get ripped apart in the comments. We are the comments right and the, and by every reason they should. Here's the thing, though. I'm gonna preface this is like I think that it's a very dangerous thing to always believe the victim. I don't. I think there has to be skepticism in. All things, and I mean skepticism 
across the board. I am always skeptic of everything. And we're Agreed. in a place right now in society where we, we want people to feel comfortable and safe coming forth as victims. And I think that is a very good thing. Agreed. But I am afraid that we are in a current position where that pendulum has swung too far. and that it's, And that we have overcorrected to the point of victiming has become almost... It's a social it's, status. It's a status. Yeah. To not only be a victim, but support a victim the as more, well. The more marginalized you are in society, the louder your voice becomes. Exactly. We are incentivizing people to, you know, have problems right. and be hurt and be everything else. And once again, this is not, we are not saying that bad things don't happen to people. We are not saying that victims shouldn't come out and speak. We are not right. saying that bad people shouldn't be brought to justice. We are saying that we feel like there has been, because I can already hear people right now typing away. I can hear the keyboard strokes in my head. Anyways, we're not saying any of that. We're saying that we feel that there's been a you know an overcorrection. And it's like when your car's going off the road a little bit, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the grass. But instead of getting it back into the lane, you pull it over too much, and now you're headed towards a semi. You know, And it's right. like, you should have just hit the median. <laughs> the median's right. much better than the, the, the semi. Right. So, so the question then isn't, you know, can this vic- d- the victims don't always have to prove themselves. They can still be a victim. Like I I can listen to them and I can empathize with them and I can believe yeah, them. Yeah, of course. Without turning around and 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 being them. Yeah. Or or doing what I would do if I were in their situation. Right? So I don't I don't I can't say what any individual is going through in, in their own individual circumstances, and I can't say what I would do if I were in their circumstances, but I can say what I can do in my circumstance. And so Which for me, that long time album. ago, that long time ago when someone said the first kid was lying and I thought everybody else was on the money train afterwards, that to me sent up a huge red flag. And so I say, you know, I will defend Michael Jackson till the day I die. I mean, I say that, you know, I've been saying that since I was in college back when the first runaround on, on his name came came to be. And I don't know that like there's I don't I don't know what it would be like to need reparations as a victim in that situation. I don't yeah. know what these people stand to gain from having a documentary like that. Yeah. I my skepticism says everybody has something to gain at any given time. And we're all trying to sell ourselves. Well, right? especially when the estate is that of Michael Jackson's. And from so I did read a couple articles based around this documentary without mm-hmm. ever actually watching it. Yes. And it sounds like, you know, there were definitely some points for people to make you go, hmm, I wonder what that was about. But then there's the other side of, you know, his security team speaking out and saying there's no way this could have been the case or there's no way this could have happened. Like, I've seen rebuttals to 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 every extent. And the thing is, like, who has what to gain? I don't know. And so do I empathize with victims? Yes. Do I want their life to be better and I want them to feel comfortable expressing themselves as victims? Yes. Do I want to turn around and change my perspective on Michael Jackson? Not right away. Gotcha. You want to stay skeptical? Yeah. I want to stay skeptical of all things. Okay. All right. So <laughs> stay skeptical. Also, Michael Jackson's a really cool example because he is one of those few stars who has been in the spotlight since he was basically able to dance he oh yeah came he's, up. he's had his childhood ripped away from him which yeah. i think is one of the arguments as to the reality of him being capable of doing this to younger aged children right. because he his growth was pretty much stunted at that age exactly so yeah. that actually adds to the validation that okay this is you know this could have been a reality right I, I think so, but I, I think the the malice behind that reality is very different. Could be. Could be. I don't know. It's like you don't put the blame on a two-year-old when they pull a trigger on somebody's gun they found in the closet. Well, but that's the heartbreaking, that's the heartbreaking reality of, of most uh, molestations and things like that. And that's, that's that the person, the vast majority of the time, the person that you know was the perpetrator was a victim earlier on in their right. life. Right, right. And it's a really sad, sad cycle. It is. And it's it's so weird because your initial reaction is such disgust and anger. You're just like, all right, let's chop off their balls and, you know, let the let the people take care of them in prison. And then it's like you start to hear their story and you start to look at the statistics and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. gosh. This person needs help. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's it's crazy. Have you seen my childhood? I'm asking you to know where I come from. I haven't. It's a beautiful song. I love that song. Oh, well, thank you. It's Michael Jackson, by the way. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> All right. Well, <clears throat> man, we talked a lot about those things, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We did good. All right. Well, for Mike, Jeez. I'm Ben, and this has been the Snap Crackle Podcast. Wait, 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 wait. What? So, all of this has been like... That was the outro. I know. I cut I'm, you off of the I'm, outro. I'm, I'm in the outro <laughs> mode, man. I said, for Mike, even though you have your own mic, Mike, <laughs> to say I'm Mike. I said, for Mike, like this is an actual broadcast. Right. I don't know if I'm actually satisfied yet, This uh, yet though. About I what? I don't know if I've landed on anywhere in a lot of different things. Okay, on yes, what? Yes, art is subjective. Okay. Yes, our ability to judge people in the court of public opinion is flawed. Uh-huh. Yes, we have space to for victims to come forward and, and not be harassed for being victims, but to be empathized with, without okay. changing our opinions on, on things, without having to turn around and be changed by those things. At least immediately. Immediately, right. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, some of us can now remember Kevin Spacey's name. I think we've learned an awful lot today. <laughs> you know, and knowledge oh, is we power. Talked about like for real. Oh, so many things though that I'm. Oh, college. We didn't land on college. I didn't get to complain about college. You've complained about college enough over but the last ten years. I don't know if I could take any more complaining about college with you. But before we go, we, we would like to meat send and the meat industry. We would like to send a life is sacred. Our love to Tim wherever he may be. So mm. he left the headquarters. He left the studio, the underground bunker. Um, last week after we recorded, that was his last episode. And, uh, we know, you know, uh, he's dealing with some family stuff, so we wish him the best, but uh, I didn't even, I didn't even see him. I woke up and he was gone. I'm still convinced that he left because you got mad at him for throwing a burrito at you. (laughs) So Tim left and the night before. There Anybody had, who was following on Twitch or whatever it's called, the gaming thing, heard uh, the whole thing go down. That's not important. What's important is my way to 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 you know say what I want to say. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> that's, that's what's actually you important. You get here. to speak your piece. So, well, if he look, his mic is here. <laughs> he wants to use it. He is not. I don't know what I'm expected to do. So there was a kerfuffle. That's what we'll call it. There was a kerfuffle between two grown men and a burrito, where he was offering me a burrito. Movie Actually, writes, two grown men and a burrito. Steven Spielberg better jump on this. Name of your sex tape. If there's if there's horses involved, it can still be the name of the sex tape, and we can make it. Um, so there was a kerfuffle. There was a little misunderstanding, as it were. Um, and what's funny about this is Tim Tim left, and then I was talking to mike about i was like yeah tim left like it's crazy well we didn't talk about what happened first no 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 no. before we get into it i called mike just to say that tim had left and mike's like well yeah you did this whole thing and blah blah blah, and started like 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 i don't know i didn't call for that i called to tell him (laughs) that tim had left i started getting this whole well you know maybe you overreacted about the burrito maybe i'm like give me a break dude first of all here's what happened (laughs) tim is in his room the spare room Okay. First, hang on. I'm wait. in the living room. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let we me We live this. in a world of modern conveniences where you can order Taco Bell on your phone. Tim, I didn't even know that. Tim ordered Taco Bell on his phone. All right. Tim ordered Taco Bell. All right. Tim ordered Taco Bell. There so is he got, no he such got thing as a Taco lower Bell. class anymore. He got we his are Taco beyond Bell. That. Taco Bell did win the we fast food war- wars. We learned that. It did. And <laughs> Demolition Man. Demolition Man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wesley Snipes. And Sly. Mm. All right. So he ordered Taco Bell and he had some stuff. And, and we were talking about, um, how did it come? Oh, guacamole. He was saying, oh, yeah, I don't like guacamole. And I'm like, how can you not like guacamole? That's the only thing avocados are good for. Avocados like, are perfect food. Please. They don't taste like anything. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the one thing that upsets everyone in California. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe this. So... I was like just confused. I'm like, how do you not like guacamole? He's like, you think there's guacamole on this burrito? I'm like, probably. Like, it's amazing. He's like, I can't stand guacamole. It's disgusting. Going on and on and on. I'm like, it's a terrible Tim voice. I'm like, you're a child, Tim. Like, come on. You don't like guacamole? He's like, it doesn't look good. I'm like, whatever. So I have my headphones on 
I'm sitting there on my couch. All right. I'm sitting there on my couch and he comes up out of nowhere and throws the bag down on the armrest and it scares the crap out of me. It scares me so bad. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you throwing stuff on the couch? Why are you even in here? You're supposed to be in the other room. Like, we're playing this game right now. Anyways, moments later, he got off of the game. I'm not sure if those two things were completely unrelated, (laughs) but that's what happened. So we have the kerfuffle. He gets off the game. We have your freak out. I freak out. We freak you out. You freak out at him. Everyone's freaking out. And the he, cats are angry. He goes away, but he then he starts away. talking on the microphone again during the game. Yes, and everything's fine. And, and you then, start freaking out at him again on the microphone in the okay. game. I And I freak out on you him. freaked out. Jared was tougher on him than I was, all right? And you know what? If it was just me on that ship, Mike, it, it wouldn't be a problem, all right? But it's not just my life that's at stake. It's mine, and it's everybody else's <laughs> on that crew. All right, and it's my job to keep them and that ship above water. All right, and I don't take that responsibility lightly. Clearly. All right? But then he got off the game after a digital kerfuffle occurred, and then I woke up the next day and he was gone. So my assumption was that, well, I guess burritos and bananas don't mix, and he was gone, but it turns out there was some stuff, you know, some family stuff, so we wish him well. And we hope everything works out, and we've talked since. In our phone conversation between you and me, yes, I pointed this out that I don't think a lot of people realize about you, is that you, well, everybody realizes you don't like to be wrong, because you never are. Yeah, yeah, But yeah, of course. your way of saying, I'm sorry to somebody, or recognizing some form of guilt. I did not agree with this. Guilt, I do not agree with this. is the way it is. I do not agree Because you felt it. I know you felt it. I didn't. Your way of saying, I'm sorry, is to repeatedly poke the joke. And make fun of whatever it was that was uncomfortable or that you did that you might have felt bad about and to turn it into a joke and laugh about it. That's how you say I'm sorry. And that's not a necessarily bad thing. It may not be completely emotionally healthy, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, especially when you recognize that about you. Yeah. I think that you were confusing gaming slash streaming Ben with an actual human being. (laughs) All right. And it's and my job in that, that moment. There are two different individuals it, there. It, it is yes. my job in that moment, since people are listening and watching, to play things off. Okay? I don't know. There's, there's some stuff going on with the wires. I've been working on it all week. It's driving me crazy. All right. And I fixed one and then now another one. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. But anyways, we wished him the best and learned to like guacamole. And it's good we'll, for you. we'll see you. We'll see you in another it's life. Good for you. It's good. All right. So for Mike, I'm Ben. Do I have any messages for the world before we go? And this has been life is sacred. The snap. All life is sacred. Crackle. Pion cast.